Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to They Walk Among Us, a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. This is the 19th in a series of bonus episodes. This episode contains distressing themes, explicit language and descriptions of violence. This podcast is intended for a mature audience. Listener caution is advised. They Walk Among Us is part of the Acast Creator Network. Finding prospective matches through dating websites and apps is a valid and popular way to meet people. While most online interactions do not result in a date, some lead to a meeting in person. However, the exchange may or may not result in what both parties set out to find. There is a small minority of users who utilise dating apps for both sexual and financial extortion. According to the National LGBT Survey conducted by the Government Equalities Office in 2018, quote, The UK today is a diverse and tolerant society. We have made great strides in recent decades in our acceptance of lesbian, gay, bisexual and transgender people, 
who make a vital contribution to our culture and to our economy. This government has a proud record in advancing equality for LGBT people. That record begins with the 1533 Buggery Act, in which sodomy was labelled an abominable crime, committed on either a human or animal, punishable by death. This act was replaced by the Offences Against the Person Act in 1828, where homosexual acts between men were still seen as crimes that deserve the death penalty. Stephen Dryden has researched and written about some of the men executed under these laws for the British Library. In his account, he details the deaths of the last two men killed by capital punishment for allegedly being gay. James Pratt and John Smith were arrested in August 1835, and within a month, they were brought to court with another man, William Bonnell. Bonnell's landlords claimed that a number of men frequented their lodger's room, and so they watched to see what was going on. After spying through the keyhole, the landlords alerted the police. Bonnell was found guilty of facilitating the crime and deported to Australia for 14 years. He had provided a room for Pratt and Smith to be together. James Pratt and John Smith were found guilty of buggery and sentenced to hang. As the noose was placed around their necks, Pratt cried out, Oh God, this is horrible. All the while the crowd that had gathered to watch the morbid affair spat and hissed at the men. The law was changed in 1861 to commute the sentence imposed for sodomy from death to a prison sentence of 10 years to life with hard labour. The Criminal Law Amendment Act in 1885 contained a section that added more challenges for gay men, as not only was anal sex considered a crime, any acts of, quote, gross indecency between two men were punishable offences. It was this piece of legislation penned by MP Henry Labouchere that saw notable and revolutionary figures like Oscar Wilde and Alan Turing convicted of the crime. Oscar Wilde, a famous Irish poet and playwright, was accused of being a, quote, sodomite by his ex-lover's father in 1895. Wilde attempted to take his accuser to court for libel, but John Shelto Douglas claimed that his comments were justified, and it was Wilde that went on trial instead. Oscar Wilde was subsequently sentenced to two years of hard labour after being found guilty of gross indecency. Alan Turing is credited as being one of the founders of modern computer technology. He was also an incredibly gifted mathematician who broke the Nazi Enigma code in World War II. This allowed the Allies to intercept and decode Nazi communications and immensely helped the war effort. Turing's role was not revealed until decades later, long after he had been convicted of gross indecency in 1952. 
he was subjected to chemical castration to avoid a prison sentence. Turing was found dead two years later. It is believed that he took his own life by ingesting cyanide. Following Turing's death, the committee headed by Sir John Wolfenden was set up to examine the law and returned with a recommendation to decriminalise gay sex between consenting civilians. The report was rejected, and sexual activity between two consenting adults of the same sex remained illegal until 1967. However, just a year later, homosexuality was classified as a mental disorder, resulting in barbaric remedies called aversion and conversion therapy. The first Gay Pride March was held in London on July 1st, 1972. Throughout the following two decades, the gay community not only had to fight for their right to love whoever they chose to love, but also to destigmatize a virus that was spreading rapidly through the UK and beyond. HIV and AIDS in the 1980s were attributed to gay men, further isolating the community. After homosexuality was declassified as being a mental condition in 1992, strides were made allowing same-sex couples to adopt in 2002, legalising same-sex civil partnerships in 2004, and finally legalising same-sex marriage from 2014. For many reasons, people do not disclose their sexuality. It could be out of fear that they are treated differently by their friends or perceived differently in their occupations. However, for many, it is because their sexuality is deemed as being sinful, harmful, or dishonourable within their community. Many religions condemn homosexuality, while modern-day ministers and imams preach tolerance. For one man in Manchester, he felt the need to hide who he truly was, because he knew he would be ostracised by his community. He will be referred to as Mahmood in this episode. Mahmood was married with children and came from an ethnic community where homosexuality was forbidden. Mahmood worked long hours and usually finished his shift in the early morning. Ashamed and afraid of the consequences if anyone discovered he was attracted to men, Mahmood sought out sexual relationships with male sex workers online. In October 2020 on an escort website, Mahmood arranged to meet with a man listed as Danielle Khan. The pair met at the Britannia Hotel in Manchester Piccadilly. The night was not out of the ordinary for Mahmood. The men spoke for some time and then had consensual sex. Mahmood paid £120 cash to the sex worker and they parted ways. A week passed and the sex worker began to message Mahmood asking if they could meet up again. Wary of extortion scams, Mahmood initially refused, but Danielle Khan told Mahmood he was such a nice client, they should meet for a second time. 
Amud was showered with romantic gifts, chocolates and flowers. Eventually he relented, and the pair met at a hotel once more. Khan was already there, and met Mahmood outside before they walked to the room together. The pair lay on the bed, and spoke about Mahmood's reluctance to live openly as a gay man, and why he was so apprehensive about meeting up again. They had sex and afterwards Mahmood left the hotel to return to work. Danieli Khan said he would be travelling to Oxford, where he worked as a nurse. Later Mahmood texted him and wrote, Thank you, and safe travels. An hour later, Mahmood's phone lit up with a new notification. It was not the response he was expecting. It read, No, thank you, you dirty old married man. You're gonna regret this. Another text message followed, containing a video of the sexual encounter and a threat that the video would be sent to Mahmood's wife and posted on social media. Terrified, Mahmood asked what he could do to stop it and was told he needed to pay £25,000 by midnight or everyone would know his secret. When Mahmood replied that he would not be able to get that kind of money, he was told that if he did not, calls would be made to his place of work and to his wife. More videos were sent, and Mahmood became increasingly panicked when he received a picture taken from the exterior of his workplace, showing his car parked outside. Scared for his life, Mahmood made the decision to involve the authorities. He called 999, and officers quickly arrived witnessing a silver Volkswagen Golf driving away at speed. After failing to apprehend the occupants of the vehicle, the investigator spoke with Mahmood. As he began relating the encounters, his phone rang once more. It was the sex worker whom Mahmood knew as Danielli Khan. Khan claimed that he too was scared and explained that he had been forced by drug dealers to take part in the blackmail plot. Khan promised to speak with officers at the station, although did not keep his word when he failed to turn up. Detectives went to the hotel where the encounter occurred and found that the room had been booked under an address where someone called Iman Khan lived. When contacted, Khan denied any wrongdoing or knowledge of the planned blackmail. Still, the police were able to obtain some information about another man, Kamar Ilyas. As it turns out, Danieli Khan was in fact Ilyas, who was identified as the man in the footage with Mahmood. At first, Ilyas claimed that he had been forced to participate and it was someone else using the footage to obtain money. But under intense questioning, Ilyas admitted that he was involved, although he insisted it was only because he owed a drug debt. 
Kamar Ilyas and Iman Khan were arrested in relation to the attempted blackmail. However, just months later, another similar offence was committed, highlighting that the criminal's actions had been escalating. After it launched in 2009, Grindr was one of the first location-based dating and social apps and the only one exclusively for gay, lesbian, bisexual and trans people. Grindr has allowed its users to connect with one another, form friendships, relationships, and more often than not, it meets the user's expectations. Having said that, the anonymous aspect that social media and online dating apps afford can draw out predators who target vulnerable people for their own gain. The most notorious example of a criminal using Grinder to meet victims is the case of Stephen Port, a man dubbed the Grinder Killer. Four young men were targeted on the app and lured to their deaths between June 2014 and September 2015. Stephen Port was not the only person to use the app with cruel intentions. Other incidents have been reported, and while they were not fatal, people's lives were still destroyed. In early February 2021, a man who will be referred to as Amir was swiping through Grinder when he received a message from someone in the local area. Like Mahmoud, Amir kept his sexuality a secret as he believed it would not be permitted within his community. The pair hit it off and two days later Amir went to meet the man at a property in the Lancashire town of Nelson. The men chatted for a while about Amir's life as a married family man, before they made their way upstairs. As they lay in bed, Amir was startled to hear a loud bang against the bedroom door, which subsequently flew open. Two men stormed into the room and tore the covers from the bed. They were holding their mobile phones up and recording the incident while the person Amir had met began to apologise profusely to the men he called his uncles. One of the men told Amir that he was lying in bed with a boy who was just 15 years old. The accuser began to tell Amir that he was a paedophile pushing him back onto the bed as he tried to get up. Too scared to get dressed or attempt to leave, Amir was almost motionless as the supposed uncles began to record themselves viewing Amir's driving licence that had been left by the bed. The men threatened to report him to the police. Eventually, Amir was ordered to get dressed and told to get in his parked car outside. The group drove around aimlessly for hours as they threatened to go to the home Amir shared with his wife. He pleaded with them as they typed his postal code into the car's navigation system. Amir was briefly allowed to get out of the car, but only to urinate. The men watched before ordering Amir to get back inside the vehicle where they demanded £40,000 or else they would share the footage. 
after they let him go. The men continued to call Amir, messaging him with threats, threats he believed they were capable of carrying out as they knew his name and address. They also kept his car for several days. Unsure of what to do, Amir spoke to a solicitor and reported the incident anonymously to the police, but they could not do anything without his name. Just like Mahmood in Manchester, the blackmailer sent Amir a photograph taken outside his home. He was terrified for his wife's safety and immediately left work to ensure she was okay. Amir finally disclosed what had been happening and his wife contacted the police. The suspects were quickly identified and as it turns out, two of the offenders had already been arrested for a similar crime. The person Amir met on Tinder was not a 15-year-old boy, but in fact a 32-year-old man. His name was Kamar Ilyas, and his fictitious uncles were Aman Khan and Khalil Chowdhury. The three men were charged with blackmail and kidnapping, relating to the crimes against the two victims. Aman Khan and Kamar Ilyas pleaded guilty at a preliminary hearing, but Khalil Chowdhury pleaded not guilty, so the case was scheduled to go to trial. After video evidence was presented at Preston Crown Court, Chowdhury quickly changed his mind and pleaded guilty. Appearing for a sentencing hearing at Burnley Crown Court during April 2022, Kamar Ilyas was sentenced to six years and three months in prison for kidnap blackmail and perverting the course of justice. Aman Khan and Khalil Chowdhury received six years and five years and eight months respectively for blackmail and kidnapping. Presiding Judge Simon Medlin QC addressed the three men and said, It is clear blackmail is to be regarded as an offence which is nasty, ugly and vicious. It is very serious. It is in some cases akin to robbery. Offending of this kind justifies an element of deterrence in the sentencing. Also, in cases where, as here, there are threats to disclose embarrassing or discreditable conduct that may make the matter more serious because of its shattering effect on the victim and because by its nature it tends to discourage victims from reporting such crime. It is clear from the facts of both cases that you exploited the sexual vulnerability of both victims and their private lives. Further, you did so knowing both men were from communities where homosexual acts were impermissible. The judge described how the survivors had been threatened and humiliated, taunted that their sexuality was against Muslim religious teaching, and one was called a paedophile. Simon Medlin QC went on to say, It is clear each one of you knew to a syllable what part you were playing and acted together closely. The episode in the bedroom which was filmed is a very serious, aggravating feature. Your actions were planned, 
ruthless and deliberate. They were wicked. They brought terror to the lives of your victims. You expected them to secure significant amounts of money for yourselves. East Lancashire CID Detective Constable Hannah DeModi spoke following the sentencing, dubbing the events as a callous plot by three men who deliberately exploited the vulnerabilities of the victims for their own financial gain. DC DeModi went on to praise the survivors for their bravery during such a distressing time. Greater Manchester CID Detective Constable Luke Brundrett also spoke to the media about the trauma the victims endured. The detective said, This very serious incident has caused the Manchester victim enormous distress. He has never felt able to publicly face his accusers, and those convicted knew that would likely be the case. The victim's bravery should be commended, and anyone who finds themselves in such a position should take note that Greater Manchester Police do not tolerate serious criminal conduct of this nature, and justice can be done without further added humiliation for those that have suffered so much already. Unfortunately, these were not isolated cases. There have been many more instances of people of all sexualities and genders being targeted through dating apps and websites. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Between April 2019 and June 2021, nine men aged between 25 and 57 were targeted by a blackmailer who had threatened to expose their sexuality if they did not meet his demands. 28-year-old Anwar Sabar would use Grinder to find people interested in a casual hookup. After arranging to meet... On his way, Sabar would change the bio section on his Grinder account to list escort fees of £180 an hour. After having consensual sex, Sabar would take out his mobile phone and show the men his profile in order to extort money from them. If they did not pay, and while Sabar would threaten to tell their families or threaten them with violence... One victim who had been blackmailed by Sabar was told the screenshots of their conversations would be sent to his girlfriend, and so he paid Sabar £525 to leave him alone. Another victim refused to pay, and Sabar ominously messaged him, It is out of my hands now. They are coming. I didn't want to do this to you, but it looks like we will have to break your face. Fearing for his life, the victim paid Sabar. Anwar Sabar obtained £2,360 during the two years he was conning men by stealing cash and jewellery or through extortion. Once Sabar had received the money, he would block the victim's profile on Grinder, which deleted their chat history. Sabar also swapped his SIM cards and changed his phone numbers frequently, making it even more difficult to trace him. Furthermore, he altered his appearance, drastically changing his hairstyle. After numerous reports from traumatised victims, the police began investigating the offences. One victim took proactive steps to protect others on Grinder by setting up a profile called Scammer to alert and encourage them to come forward if they had been targeted by Sabar. And while Sabar was consequently identified as a suspect in a robbery at one of the victim's homes, one investigating officer compared the crime to other offences which Sabar was linked to through various phone numbers, addresses, aliases and usernames. Officers went to Sabar's home to arrest him in July 2021, but discovered that he was not there. So they went to his place of work and spoke with his colleagues. One of Sabar's co-workers provided the authorities with Sabar's most recent contact information. When an officer called the number, Sabar answered and surprisingly taunted her saying the police would never catch him. Later that day, intelligence gathered by officials led officers to a hotel room near the London City Airport, 
where they found Sabar in a room with his girlfriend. And while Sabar was arrested and taken to the station, where he answered no comment to every question posed to him. An analysis of his mobile phone showed that he had been operating the scam for a lengthy period of time. Investigating Officer Detective Inspector Arif Sharif from the Metropolitan Police later spoke to the media about the case and said, The victims in this case have been incredibly brave in coming forward and reporting the offences Sabah committed against them. Sabah is a nasty and spineless individual. He used Grinder to target victims and use their vulnerabilities against them. It is with thanks to the officer who diligently carried out the investigation that this dangerous offender has been taken off the streets. There may be others who were exploited by Sabah who until now have felt unable to tell anyone. Please get in touch with us. We are here to listen to you and will take what you say incredibly seriously. You will be treated with sensitivity and in confidence. In situations such as this, the Met is focused on the motive and behaviour of the offender rather than the behaviour of the victim. I would therefore urge anyone who has been a victim of crime following a meet on Grinder or similar platforms to speak with us directly, quoting Operation Fardella. Alternatively, contact us through a third-party support group such as Gallup, or reach out 100% anonymously using the independent charity Crime Stoppers. And while Sabah had been charged with 23 counts of robbery, theft, blackmail and fraud, and was remanded into custody before trial. In November 2021, he pleaded guilty to five counts of fraud, along with five counts of blackmail, theft and robbery at Snaresbrook Crown Court. At a hearing on January 20th, 2022, he was sentenced to five years in prison. Superintendent Martin Kirby, head of the Metropolitan Police Hate Crime Unit, made it clear that the constabulary would not tolerate the targeting of victims based on their sexuality or gender, or perceived sexuality or gender. The officer remarked, We are working closely with the Crown Prosecution Service to protect the identity of victims in these cases, recognising that some victims may not identify as gay or bisexual, or be out to friends or relatives, perhaps because of cultural reasons. I can also fully appreciate that some victims may feel embarrassed about coming forward, or are perhaps nervous about speaking to a police officer due to other factors. We are doing all we can, by working closely with other agencies to give victims the support that is right for them. In the Met, we have 125 volunteer LGBT plus advisors who speak to our communities, listen to their concerns and encourage them to report crime. We're working to recruit more and reviewing their role to make sure they are working in the best possible way for our communities. We've also set up a new LGBT plus organisational improvement group with stakeholders from across London 
to ensure the Met understands and meets the needs of LGBT plus Londoners. There have been many more similar cases where predators will exploit someone's vulnerability and shame regarding their sexuality for financial gain. Something all too similar happened in Aberdeen in 2018. The victim in this case will be referred to as Jason. As per Deputy Fiscal Lynn McVicker's address to the Aberdeen Sheriff Court, Jason was browsing Grinder on the evening of August 30th, 2018, when he began speaking to Joseph Cordner, a 19-year-old from the Scottish town of Inverurie. After exchanging messages and photographs, including an image of a penis sent by Cordner and a photograph of Jason in his underwear, Cordner's tone changed completely. Cordner told Jason that he knew who he was, where he worked, and that he would send the photograph to his boss if he did not pay him. Jason immediately blocked Cordner's account, but Cordner set up another profile and sent a flurry of messages demanding money. Jason eventually agreed and was given instructions to drive near Monument View in Inverurie, where he was told to leave £300 in cash. After he did as he was ordered, Jason sent a photograph to Joseph Cordner to prove he had left the scene. However, the demands did not stop. The following day, Cordner demanded more money from Jason. Cordner maintained that he would make the private photos public, so Jason felt he had no choice and left another cash sum of £400 at the same location. The next day, Jason received a message, this time on WhatsApp, that read, Could not find you on Grinder. Found you on here, though. I'm going to need another final payment. This is definitely the last one of £500. When Jason did not immediately reply, Cordner sent another message saying, Please do not ignore the last message. I know you well. You will not be able to ignore me forever. Jason feared the blackmail would only continue so he contacted the police. Once an investigation was undertaken, officers found the phone number linked to one of the Grinder accounts, which was traced back to Joseph Cordner. Cordner pleaded guilty to extortion and attempted extortion in early 2020. His counsel David Sutherland said that his client was in a poor financial position at the time, which led to the offending. During sentencing, presiding Sheriff Margaret Hodge told Cordner, I know there were financial difficulties. Nevertheless, this was a premeditated crime and must have caused a serious amount of stress and distress to the victim. Joseph Cordner was sentenced to 70 hours of community service and a nine-month supervision order was imposed.
A further grinder extortion plot in Scotland was committed by 26-year-old Megan Hume in November 2018. After posing as a man on the app, Hume threatened to send private photos of someone she had been corresponding with to his employer if he did not pay her £50. After several harassing phone calls made by Hume, the victim contacted the police, who were able to link Hume's phone number to a call she had made where she inadvertently identified herself. When Hume was arrested, she told the officers it was a load of old shit. However, she pleaded guilty to a charge of attempted extortion at Glasgow Sheriff's Court. Hume explained, It was just a situation I was in with the house. It was a downward spiral, and I have learned to live with it. Megan Hume was sentenced to 100 hours of unpaid work and placed under a 12-month supervision order, along with monitoring through an electronic tag on a four-month curfew. So where are we now? Victims of blackmail and extortion through dating or social media apps speak of being too embarrassed or worried to report the offences to the police. This is something the scammers use to their advantage. People who are not heterosexual have often been at the brunt of these crimes, simply for wanting to keep their private lives private. Thank you for listening, and special thanks to our Patreon supporters. For more information on this episode, please see the show notes or visit our website, theywalkamonguspodcast.com. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.